What's up, everybody? Vice is here. We are tuning in to another brand new episode of Writer's Block. Um, updates beforehand. Uh, thank you for everyone who listened to my episode with Cole. I had a lot of fun chit-chatting with him and just hardcore nerding out about comic books and Marvel and learning about the state of the comic book scene in general and, you know, the whole process of creating a comic book and everything. It was a great time. Um, I, I hadn't seen Cole in a long time, so it was really fun to be able to sit and talk with him. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation just as much, if not more, than I did. Um, I don't think I have any other real updates. I think the only thing I needed was just to say thanks for tuning into the last one. Uh, now today, um, I have a uh, my new guest today is a comedian. She was the one who was supposed to be on like a week or two ago, but the universe was kind of a dick and we weren't able to make it happen. So we got it rescheduled for today. Her name is Miss Keely Wolf. She is a stand-up comedian out of the Phoenix Glendale area. She is incredibly funny for someone so young. I highly recommend you check out her stuff. She's got videos of her sets and whatnot on YouTube. Just check it out. Um, she's really funny. And I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to sit down and talk with her and just find out what it's like to be, A, a young comedian, and B, just being a comedian in general. I'm a fan of stand-up comedy, but I don't know if that's something that I would ever actually do. I don't think I'm funny enough for stand-up comedy. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? Vice is here again for another episode of Writer's Block. Today, I am joined with the insanely funny Miss Keely Wolf. We like to say hi to everybody, Keely. Hello, hello. Awesome, awesome. How are you doing? I, it's not too bad. I'm I'm pretty groggy, actually. I, I just uh, didn't open mic last night, so I'm, I'm still waking up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that is what I want to talk about today, just all the general... Um, the general stuff with you becoming, you know, leading into comedy and everything. So let's let's dive into let's dive into these questions here. Let's do it. So, what inspired you to to get into comedy? You're you're so young. Like, what what turned you in that direction? I don't think it was. Like, I had been wanting to do and and be on a stage for about six months before I actually ever did it. Um, I think the only shows that I can really stay focused on are actually comedy shows. Like there has to be some comedic relief, even if it's like an action or horror movie. If there is no comedic relief in it, I can't stay focused in it. I'm like, no, brain turns off. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. The humor always, humor always helps kind of push things along. If there isn't even an occasional chuckle, it just gets, everything just feels so boring. Yeah, I'm like... I'm I'm very much into the the newest. It's like I like that they still try, even though like it's a hardcore action movie, like Deadpool and stuff. They have like people smashing into like roadblock signs and just splattering everywhere. But there's the little where Ryan's just absolutely blurting the craziest shit, or it's just something like super minuscule. Like I think I forgot to leave the oven. Like I forgot to turn the oven off. And then he just yeah. shoots like three more people. I'm like, that, that's me. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I love the way that he does, and I think that's more that's more of just like the way that Ryan Reynolds is in general. He has like incredible comedic delivery, mm-hmm. and he's just he's so he's so funny. Especially, I think he shines a lot really in, in Deadpool, and I think that's that's a solid example of a good mix of like really brutal action, but still just so entertaining at the same time. Yeah. I know that it's like it's a trauma response for a lot of people like I know a lot of people are like oh I went into comedy because I through all these things and I'm like I know I haven't lived enough but I feel like there's there's certain instances that have connected I'm a very sexual comedian um there's not a point on stage that I won't make sex joke that people are, are shocked by and it's like but it's funny guys like I think everything's so appalling or like, that's bedroom talk and it's very hidden, but I want to like break us so much for just like the next generations. Like you're not going to have an old old people laughing at that, but people my age. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think that it's uh, older, like the older generation, I feel like is really taken aback by by stuff like that because they're so kind of like, you know prudish and reserved but younger generations like mine and then yours we're you know we're really all about like that like there's no there isn't really a whole lot of boundaries or anything uh you know anymore with it because of you know with the advent of the internet and everybody you know oversharing on social media there's no such thing really as privacy anymore exactly you know everybody just kind of leans into it and they a lot of people share things they probably shouldn't but I think the the way that you do it from the stuff that I've seen of, of your comedy and everything, I think is absolutely hilarious. I I'm not, you know, reserved or prudish about it at all. And I think it's I think it's funny as hell. I I have like a lot of it's so funny because I'll have certain people, partners, family and my family are like, oh my God, you're so funny. And then like my mom has seen a couple of my sets that her friends accidentally shared with her. And she was like, oh, that's my daughter. Oh my God. <laughs> so I so, have like the both standpoints. Like some people are like, oh my God, you're so hilarious. And then I have a lot of people like, how could you say that? Is, is your mom uh, more on that reserve side of it or is she like really entertained by just how like raw and, and, and open you are when you're when you're doing your comedy? Her uh, stance is very much, she likes dry bar. She has her clean humor. She likes, I think she likes windows more than just blatant. Okay. So she can be a little prude, but like she's, she's freakier than <laughs> Isn't that usually how it goes? I know, everyone, like, someone had made a statement, like, you know that they're hereditary, and I was like, oh, fuck no. Um, <laughs> I need to go, wow, no. I was so scared because, like, when, in my past relationships, I was always a missive person, mm-hmm. and so I couldn't imagine my mom trying to call my father your old wood. <laughs> I was like, no, that that's that's not bedroom talk anymore now. <laughs> the idea of like a parent, you know, your parent doing, you know, the things that that you're into or the things that you joke about is a little that's a little bit traumatizing. That's why I got a joke about. It. I'm like, okay, we've seen too much. We gotta process and cope because <laughs> there's there's moments where there's like i feel like sometimes parents have their boundaries 
or they'll like ask a question when you know they're not fully sober you're like i know you're not sober right now because you would not be talking like this right yeah <laughs> but it would it would just be blatant statements like oh have you tried you know anal and i'm like what <laughs> like have you because i hope to god not because i actually was starting to enjoy that <laughs> want it to be ruined finding out that your mom likes it too no there's some people that like have like sexual trauma and i'm like sometimes when i'm like doing stuff i'm like i don't everybody has walked in on their parents i don't know a single soul that has been saved from their dad's mooning ass yeah that's fair from what i understand that is a pretty common thing i think i'm one of the few that doesn't but i don't have a father. you lucky son of a bitch yeah how to use locks and a door Oh, I, I've heard things. Don't get. I've just. I've never seen anything directly, but I've heard shit, and that's still probably not as traumatizing as as seeing it. But hearing it is still pretty bad. No, because that shit can haunt you. Like you'll just be sitting there in your unconscious mind, and all you hear is noises, and you're like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> like I don't. I don't like to think about my parents dying, but I'm afraid that when they die, they're still gonna have some like ghost sex and shit. I'm just gonna they're moaning in the walls and i'm like end the misery <laughs> it's just gonna haunt you wherever you go you're just gonna hear paranormal noises of parents getting it on <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm disappointed now i really do believe in ghosts and that shit is scary as fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be that would make I for one hell of a and I'm like, no, my my parents are gonna rue the day of my life. Like, see, I'ma still fuck in my house. <laughs> That'd make for one hell of a ghost hunting trip, though. Bring people out there and just listen. In the middle of the night, you can hear ghost fucking. Guys, I listen to them live. Now you must listen to them while they are at rest. <laughs> like, oh, <my> <laughs> they'd be like. In 1998, they conceived a dumbass with these noises. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it never was like bad until I could actually hear my dad. Oh God, yeah, that would be, that's gotta be the worst. I'm like, because like me personally, I don't like a quiet guy. Like I wanna know that he's like enjoying shit, but I don't wanna know that my dad enjoys life. <laughs> Not to that extent, no. I'm like, no. There's and and my mom has had to like hide her text and and everything else. And I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> like, I mean, I I feel like my mom could on some of these some of these websites. <laughs> it feels like it gets to like a weird point where like. And a little ironic when you're afraid to go through your parents' phone mm -hmm. as opposed to them being afraid to go through yours. Yeah. Like the tables turn and it's awkward. It's weird when you start like becoming an adult and you feel more like the adult compared to your parents because your parents still see you as their therapist. Mm -hmm. And so they'll bring up like, oh, you weren't that bad. Like you weren't hurt that bad, but my life into that because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I get okay. Let's actually go into questions and 
vulnerability. <laughs> it's just trauma weird trauma vulnerability. and paranormal sex. Okay. Um, so what is it that drives you to, to, to pursue comedy? Like I've seen, you know, everything that you post, it seems like you're doing really well just on the, on the comedy circuit here in Arizona. What is your, what is your driving force behind it? Um, honestly, like if I want to be really cocky about it, I see myself as a famous person and I'm going to put in the same work that they already are doing because at that point then I'll already be where they are yeah I get that I, I admire that uh, that way of thinking if you 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 look at yourself as you're already like the top dog man because if you don't then you're going you're gonna go under like it's okay yeah. to be a little cocky like there's not there are days where I'm like oh I'm not funny like there there are days and I'm just like nothing is funny everything around me is like dark and gloomy like don't get me wrong but at the end of the day sometimes you still have to put out when you don't want to Mm-hmm. But it's good to have that, you know, that understanding that you know, not not every day is going to be a good day, but to still push through and still not let the bad day stop you from doing that work and achieving your goals. Because I've been talking to a lot of other comedians and I, I don't know if it would apply to everybody else, but like I feel like our best writing is when we are in the pain and then you pro- afterwards. I can agree with that statement. I feel like that works very I feel like that 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 statement kind of crosses boundaries between different genres and stuff. Like I'm a musician, I write lyrics, I'm a singer and whatnot, and I feel like some of the best stuff that I've ever written is always just kind of deep in the deep in the pit of insanity when, you know, when depression is really bad for me. Yeah. Cuz I don't only do comedy. Everyone's like, "Oh, so you make a joke about everything." I I have my dark poems. Uh, I've written music. I I've choreographed a lot of dances through like hurt mm-hmm. and you showcase it. And sometimes it's the best material that you have because it's so raw. People are looking in a world that's so dark right now. They want something raw and graspable. I think that's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and- graspable. <laughs> and I, I didn't think it's good to be able you know to have you know some form of an outlet to be able to channel you know those, those feelings those emotions because if you keep them bottled up they, they just end up playing hell with your mind so getting them out you know in any way possible be it writing songs you know writing jokes doing the dances people you know i, I like to journal um mm-hmm. you know just anything to to get those negative thoughts out of your mind you know in, in, in any way possible makes a huge difference in just your overall you know quality of the day and uh you know everything like that like it's very important to not keep those thoughts bottled up yeah i've had moments where i've gone on stage after like just to down and everything and sometimes it ends up being the best work that i've done because i'm there i'm in the moment and If you haven't seen the show, Marvelous Miss Maisel, it's a phenomenal show about a female traumas and the tragedy that can happen from becoming a comedian and things you can lose. And there's some, you will say something and you're going, you you lose a lot in comedy. You gain a lot, but you lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard about uh, stuff like that happening. Like I'm 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 a big fan of stand-up comedy, and I, I I watch a lot of comedians, and I've you know done deep dives into certain people and stuff, and that's one of the common things I guess is just that 
that I've seen is depending on on how you do it, the things that you talk about and whatnot, that you can you can gain a lot, but you also lose a lot in the process because just you know everybody is a target or you know whatever whatever else the case may be. It's a very it seems to be a very volatile profession. It can be. I've made friends while I have been there. Like the the people that do welcome you when you first are starting are going to pretty much be there for the whole time. Like they're going to show you the support that you need, but there are going to be people that sometimes a host will make a statement about you and then the jealousy arises. Like how come they got this? And how come they made that statement about them, but not me? It's a very um, driven career, it feels. Mm -hmm. But as far as like making uh you know, like when people making statements and stuff like that, like, in you know, how come this happens for them, but not for me or whatever it is. Is that more of just, you know, the people who put in the work, the people who are there often and, you know, getting the good responses. They're the ones who start to get preferential treatment. I sometimes I have the eyes on me because I am just starting out and um, not every I believe that, oh, every set is a great set because I got people to laugh. Mm -hmm. And it's not the case. Like I, I've gone to open mics where nobody but you gets laughed, and it's very because you, you in turn start internalizing like, oh, am I actually funny, or were people drunk enough for me, or it's <laughs> you have to have that mentality sometimes because like you never know how people are going to react when you're first starting out because there are going to be the people that tell you i've been doing this for 13 years and for you or you have the people that say i've been doing this for so many years and they're still doing what i'm doing mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. Long, like i'm sure like when I, I like to say when i do make it because you, you have to already manifest that into it even if you don't make it you got to believe that you can yeah i've that that is uh, a mentality uh, I think that I've I've had problems with with the different things that I do, you know, making music and then doing this podcast and stuff is the not necessarily having the belief that um, or it's not really not really believing that 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 I'm able to to make it like I, I was talking with my other with my friend um, that I recorded with yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he brought up the idea and I asked him, you know, advice for, you know, just people because he makes he makes comic books and stuff. And he said, uh, you know, one of the most important things to remember is that it's never too late. And that was one thing that, you know, it's always one of those inspirational things that you read about on Facebook and, and Instagram and whatnot. But it's always one of those things that's been really hard for me to internalize that, you know, it's never too late to to chase and achieve your goals. And as I, I feel like, like as a point in my life, because I'm I'm 32 and you know I'm a single dad. I have a kid. I have a career uh, yeah. in the medical field and whatnot. But it's not what I want to do. I want to be able to do stuff like this for a living. But I feel like because I didn't achieve success or I didn't have a viral video or something by the time I was 24, like I'm past my prime, you know. Or it's it's going to be a lot harder or it's too late for me to to achieve that level of success and that understanding that it's not too late no matter what. Uh, is, is it's a very important thing to have and it's one of the things that I struggle to internalize my favorite quote by Robin Williams I might have not I, I might have made a few people happy and that's all I need 
I think so many people when they are chasing the Hollywood star and everything else, when they are chasing for that, they forget about the small people that were there. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of people, you know, they're they're humble and you know they're all about it in the beginning, but once they once they get a taste of that like real success, you know, the people who really mattered, you know, are. Uh, they they just they don't exist anymore because they got the newer you know the higher profile crowd or whatever everyone that's just using them to get something from them exactly like if you're it feels lately that if you aren't to somebody else's success they're not going to add you into it yeah it, it seems it's very much like an out for yourself you know kind of deal unless you can utilize someone for your own personal gain they people won't pay attention to you exactly yeah i i hate the way that that is that's a big problem in the music scene here in, in arizona you know unless you find like the few outliers who really are all about supporting everything every band every musician is just out for themselves true um my partner's in a it's, it's a pretty big local country band but seeing how people are just with country music in general it's like you fend for yourselves and you're in a pool of sharks it seems with at least music yeah that's a pretty good way to describe it that's very much so how it is people people will be nice and like you know they're really supportive when they see you at shows to your face but if it comes time to like jump on another show or if you want to do like a trade shows thing you know get us on a bill with you we'll get you on a bill with us Exactly. Um, it just, it doesn't happen. People, they make up excuses or they just flat out dog you and it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, like your client will become your friend before your friend will ever become your client or like a fan will be your family before your family will be a fan. Yeah. I like and that. I, I agree with that. It's, it's frustrating because you always want like your inner circle to support you and your dreams and there's always the excuse or it's always i'll see you at the next show the next yeah and every single time you see them they always say the next show oh, yeah. whatever there I, is no next show yep i encountered plenty of that in the music scene here over the years exactly so um what what made you want to approach comedy the way that you do like you said you're very open you're very like raunchy and kind of sexual with your nature of your jokes and everything what what made you want to do it that way as opposed to going like i don't know the more innocent dry bar kind of way or anything i think it's just because that's how my humor has always been um into middle school and everything i always had an innuendo joke or it, it was never a generic, oh, that's what she said joke. There was always like some complexity to it to make people have to think about it and then be like shocked that they're laughing. I, I need the shock factor. I, I know a lot of people are like, no, you need to be funny without like cussing and, and being out there, but that'd be hiding who I am. I have mm -hmm. to, and, and if it is uncomfortable for certain people, that doesn't mean it's going to be uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, that's true. It's if it's the the people who you the when you being the most genuine you is uncomfortable for certain people, then those are people that you don't need around. Exactly. I get that. I, I respect that. Um, what is it? Do you have an example of like a really good show where like you stole the show or had a standing ovation or just a really good venue? Probably most of my shows that I have done at Cruising Seventh. It is a gay bar 
and fantastic i love it like the environment they're more open and inept yes it is called do better comedy they don't like in they don't mind inappropriate sexual jokes but like they don't like rape jokes they don't like abortion murder genocide and i appreciate that i'm not very much into that anyways mm -hmm. I like when people get to be raunchy, but I don't want to just, you don't know the history. If you haven't done research on your topic, it looks so much like a slushy effect. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. You can't follow along. You're confused because I love a good World War II set, but if it's just like some sprinkled in like joke or some sprinkled in hitler or cop joke it just doesn't fit in it has to be all cohesive if you start the subject if you start about one subject it's got to follow all the way through to the punchline. exactly yeah if not it just gets really weird it gets really yeah it gets really confusing and really hard to follow like you lose your place and then you lose interest and when you hit the punchline, it's just you miss it and it's just not funny you have to find the right crowds to certain jokes with as well. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the, the biggest thing with comedy or just the entertainment industry in general. You need to be able to read the crowd in order to give the show that. Yeah, yeah. And have you learned um, just over the, the time that you've been doing stand up comedy? Have you learned how to read the crowd? Have you talked to other people beforehand? I've gotten, um, I guess I've got comfortable with my crowd work and my communication. Yes, are there moments where, like, man, I really shouldn't have talked to those people because a lot of times if you do crowd work, it's gonna make or your show. Mm -hmm. Have you done any, uh, or do you have an example of any bad shows that you've done? Anything where you just didn't get maybe more than a chuckle or you know anything like that? possibly I never call them a bad show a lot of people are like oh did you have a bad set or a good set is good because I learned something from each one um I think the one that I have learned a lot from was when I had accidentally started a set and I wanted to make a Spongebob weed joke it went great until someone like turned and wanted to talk to me and yeah that that little sponge that lives under the sea and then i said yeah that n-word and it was the most horrific thing that has ever happened to me i don't even know why it came out of i have i love everybody i'm not a hater <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's being overused in a lot of songs and I love watching other comedians but sometimes they'll say a word and it's hard for it not to become an ADHD mm -hmm. so you'll accidentally blurt something out and they're like oh yeah do the best you can with it but I, I guess like like watching other comedians and stuff you learn um, you know, depending on how recent the sets are, whether it's, you know, people that you're, you know, that you're performing with or, you know, watching stand-up specials, you learn um, how to bounce back from that kind of stuff or what topics to avoid in general or the right way to finesse a topic if you really want to go there for that extra shock value. Yeah, since, since your podcast is called Writer's Block, I've written down every single one of my sets, but I have never done a set twice. 
And I know it's probably because I'm still new, but I have never said the same joke. I think I get nervous for people to hear the same jokes from me again and be bored. Mm -hmm. I can so, see that. That's understandable if if you're doing like multiple nights or multiple weeks at one place. There's always you know someone who could who saw you a week prior could come back. Um, mm -hmm. But if it's like constant traveling, I guess it would be a different story. But you're you're more I guess local for lack of a better word. Just everything around Phoenix and like Glendale area. Yeah. Okay. What would be? Um, can you think of an example of like one of the best jokes that you've ever told that got like a really good crowd response? I think um, I think the best one last night when I was at Cruising Seventh, and um, we were. I, I said I want Chrissy Barber, and <laughs> and you know, like so many people, like they go and get their pussy waxed, and I don't like the regrowth. I, I don't like the process. So I was like, I want a good pussy fade. <laughs> everyone started chanting pussy fades pussy fades i'll send you that clip <laughs> that's awesome it i i was like up in the crowd like nobody can actually see me on stage because bald guy i love him i won't say his name because i don't want to embarrass him because i was told not to after i got off <laughs> but that's that's just me one drink in and everybody's touchable now that's terrible oh, that's, that's fantastic you should put that on a shirt pussy pussy fade yes gotcha. just make like a uniform shirt for just like a vag barber i think that's amazing <laughs> i feel like there is some lucrative business in this i feel like a lot of people would make some money like no like, i don't think anybody wants this Anymore. nobody nobody wants that nobody wants the landing strip anymore i want something that transitioned thickness kind of observe it and like approach it like topiary in a garden yeah exactly fun shapes out of it you're gonna drop trow and there's just a swan right there ready to go i need some like wh what do they call them now when they like put a really nice like cut slice into it like a straight cut or something like that yeah like lines. I want some lines on this pussy. <laughs> Just trim your initials into it so that the way they know. This is my bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for your anniversary, can I please partners? And it, it's like a temporary tattoo. There you go. <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing. This is going to happen in jail, and I'm going to be disappointed in in my decision to share this with the world <laughs> <laughs> there, we no longer hold on to loose pockets we as ourselves in that pussy locket why <laughs> 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 it had to rhyme but it went it went oh, god that's amazing oh <laughs> I, I, I love feel like it. I, I want to bring that back. I think I will continue a set with that one because I have also um, a cock dealership. And um, I, I made a joke about that too. I was like, you know, I think I'd be a really good cock salesman. <laughs> like low mileage, never <laughs> to your destination. 
together you know like i'm a lucrative down under businesswoman i think that's fantastic you should have a business card that says that down under businesswoman i think that's great <laughs> is that another shirt i think that could totally be another shirt or like a coffee mug or something like there there's those are businesswoman <laughs> cock dealership pussy fades <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it's fantastic. Those are great ideas. You gotta roll with this. <laughs> it's, it's it's so crazy because I, I thought about it when I was at my other job. I, I work with grooming dogs and everything and I was like, you know, what if we could put a fade on a dog? Like would would that be weird? And then I just was like, you know, what if I could fade my pussy? <laughs> <laughs> like, like my pussy's already faded but I need a fade on that fade <laughs> uh, that's amazing or use like actual like THC lube or anything like that uh no nah, nah, I've used like the lotion you know for like my neck and stuff every now and then but I've never used anything like specifically like that I highly recommend. Yeah, is it worth it? Like, what is it? Like, you just you 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 spray it on and you get your junk high beforehand, and it's just like you don't spray lube on. It's kind of like a squirting motion. It's thicker. You can't. It's not windex. It's like windex. Can I spray this? It's not. Are you pamming your cock? Well, bake her cookie tonight. I gotta pay my dick real quick. That's another one. We're putting that in a set. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay my dick for that cookie. You gotta R slide Kelly. it in the oven oh, nice and deep, like. R. It, it's. It's R. Kelly, right? It's Kelly, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think he has a song about that. He's got songs about all kinds of weird stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if he does. But th this one's from Magic Mike, okay? So he's okay there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's when Mike is dancing. Uh, or or as we like to look at him. Yeah, that'll be our, I gotta find some sexy pictures of Channing Tatum now and be like, look, I was on the podcast, Channing Tatum. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff, good stuff. Um, what are... Uh... Is there any uh, comedians that are out now that you look up to, that you like to watch and you draw inspiration from? Um, I have quite a few of my female comedians. I love Amber Webster, uh, Tara Shakespeare, um, Angela Trainer. Those are the ones that I can get off the top of my head that I have talked to closely and gotten some mentoring from. Um, I do have a few of my comedic guy friends like uh, Dylan White comes off my head every single time. We we have a terrible white joke, but I don't think I, I don't want to get canceled today. <laughs> That's I'll fair. Text it to you. There you go. You can't cancel me. You put me on your podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> do you uh, do you see any uh, advantages to getting into comedy at such a young age? Because you're like you're, you're like what twenty three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you see any advantages to getting into it so young? I feel like I, I know it's never too late, but I feel like 
time to be a little lax about it. I don't feel like I, like obviously there's the grind in it. I, I, I'm just, I'm an attention whore. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I need that constant part. validation, like for the day. Where's my comments? <laughs> <laughs> I think as entertainers, we all are to, to some degree. We're, we're all A-listers. Whatever. We're, we're, we're A-listers on somebody's book, yeah. Am I on the books, boy? Disadvantages to a young comedian? Um, you're not going to be taken seriously. I can see that, yeah. Um, is, is that more for just your age, or is there still a weird... Um, I don't want to say stigma, but I can't think of another word, uh, a better word for it. But is, is it, do you think it's more for your age or more, I guess, for the, the stigma around not just being young, but being a female comedian as well? I think it's both. I, I definitely do see that. Um, I still get my videos like that wasn't funny, which I'm like, you know, you hit and you miss, you know, yeah. it was hilarious and you heard the crowd. So I'm going to post that shit. Right. Yeah. Like I, I never understand to be when make comments like that, and you hear the crowd in the background laughing, and I'm like, well, that's kind of like weird. Like, oh, you're the one person that is a party pooper. Right. Like I, I would not want to. There are certain people that I to comedy shows because I'm like, you would be a buzzkill. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. There's there's plenty of people, but those those are the kind of people I feel like they they're like jealous. Not so much of, I guess, success, but they're jealous because you're out there and you're, you know, you're putting in that work and you're doing the thing that you want to do. And they probably have some aspirations themselves that they are never going to try to achieve. And, you know, it's like projecting. They they feel bad for not chasing their dreams, so they're going to try to squash you for chasing yours. Exactly. Um, I have a few of those people that I probably have talked to that I don't like to, like, call anybody out or anything like that but there are certain people a host will make a comment about me and then the next thing you know after you're done with your set they it, it's more than just a heckle it's more of a jealousy like i'm burning a hole through you statement like mm -hmm. you had a funny set so i gotta dig into your whole set because now i have no material kind of situation oh yeah People that just, they can't, they can't just be supportive and be happy for, you know, for your success. Exactly. You don't need people like that. I don't, I don't understand why. Like, it's, it's cutthroat in any form of, um, of entertainment, you know, in any, anything where we're creating, you know, any form of content, anything where we're doing any level of art and anything like that. It's always going to be a cutthroat environment because everyone is always ever really seems to be just out for themselves it's it's true you know i have to see it on both sides i mean being with a partner also in the industry um you see it every day on on two flip coins and mm -hmm. you always be confused because you would have you ever like bought tickets and then you you get comp ticket for these people to show up and then they don't show up yeah i've i've paid for tickets for you know for people to come to my shows in the past whenever i was performing and you know yeah. they they just don't show up or they make up an excuse at the last second or
or they just ghost you for like a week and a half and then they come out with like oh i'm sorry i didn't go to the show my dog had cancer for a week or something and you know yeah they just make up some ridiculous excuses and it's always frustrating too because you'll either have those people that they don't have the money for your show but can we hang out later yep. like the, the show was free and it's like they want you they want you to themselves they don't like seeing you succeed they they like it's almost like they have like some form of like i don't know ownership of it and like they might not flaunt it directly because if you do make it big they're those people who are going to be like i knew you when and then you know those are the people who are going to try to cash in on the fact that they came to one of your shows you know 10 years ago and now you're you know fucking headlining arenas or you know whatever and now they're going to try to cash in on that success i think that's what a lot of people like are getting frustrated started and i had only been in comedy for about a month before i got my first book show oh really when when, when did you actually start getting into comedy like when 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 did you start performing april this year oh wow mm-hmm. you, you're really like fresh onto the scene and you are just from what i've seen you are just crushing it what i do <laughs> that is awesome i i respect the hell out of that you're fucking hustling hard aren't you I, I, I'm trying to, it's, it's something that is my own and I mm-hmm. can't with anyone. I feel like so many of my different things that I've wanted to do, I was trying to share with people. Like I, I would find a hobby like sewing and crocheting. I would find all these hobbies to try to make pe- people think. And now with comedy, I just get to be me. Mm-hmm. It's my voice. And I don't with people that I don't want to share it with. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's more a very, a very much more like a freeing thing to have to know that you can do this thing and it is all your own and nobody else, nobody can take that away from you. Exactly. Awesome. That is so cool. I, did, I didn't know that you were just, I thought you had been at it for like a year or two. I didn't know that it was just like this year. You're just like, I'm going to do this. And then you're performing like every weekend it seems i'm trying to um a lot of it is just my open mics i do have i i typically won't tell people when i go to an open mic anymore like my first month or two i was like come out to my open mic it's gonna be weird because we're all gonna throw things at a wall and see if they stick (laughs) open mics are the best and the worst because you see people at their worst and then they're doing their best. <laughs> yeah. But it's I I I can see how, you know, in the very beginning it's um you know saying, you know, come to my open mic. That's like, you know, in 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 my area where you tell people come to this battle of the band show that we have to play and then, you know, it sounds cool in the very beginning when you're first getting started on it, but then after a bit it's, it's not something you want to bring up too much anymore because if you started to do, you know, more things, you started getting booked with comedians or, you know, getting booked with bands who are actually on tour who roll through and, you know, you don't want to say that you're playing a battle of the bands, you know, show anymore or opening for, for some level of a big band. And, you know, you don't want to mention doing an open mic after you've had like a two day run with like a comedian who's out of state or something. Exactly. In the beginning, it's super fun. Uh, 
definitely tell everyone like if you're first starting out do everything post everything be out there um people are gonna start seeing you walk through the room and the greatest thing is every time right before they say their name they go ah they like gasp and then they say your name in the sweetest like granny o voice and you're like yes <laughs> i've made it where's there my you go. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's gonna greet uh, i want them to like have a fresh plate of cookies and just yeah that's what oh, I yeah, want. No, that's got to be how it goes no no other acceptable alternative never <laughs> I told people this, um, when, whenever they want to hang out, I'm always saying, if I'm not getting fed, head, or bed, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'd be smoked out from everything for me to make the journey. <laughs> uh, you got your priorities in order. I'm just, I, I just feel like, you know, if I'm getting head, they're benefiting. If I'm getting fed. They're benefiting by just having your presence and, you know, exactly. getting fed. <laughs> I want people to enjoy me just because I'm alive. <laughs> Do I contribute to this potluck? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> in, in college they would be like oh yeah we're gonna have a potluck and i'm like yeah after i go into debt i'll definitely bring my buffalo cheese bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so they're like oh so after and then they add fees to shit when do we start adding fees that's my word <laughs> <laughs> Like that's the least favorite four letter F word. What did we do wrong? <laughs> oh, we be, oh I was man. fine with the transactions. Fine with the stealing. But now we shortened it to Yeah, you got a fee on that? <laughs> when did we start adding tax three and four? When America became America. Oh how many taxes are there? I, I used to work at Sam's Club, like, and shout out to them, fuck them. Anyways, <laughs> we won't go into that. That's another day. <laughs> I'm gonna bone pick you. <laughs> but I would see the receipts and they'd be like, tax one, tax two, tax. And they'd be looking at me like, hey, what's the tax five mean? And I'm like, up know what taxes were after the first one <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like tax five is your will to live shit <laughs> taxing you for your existence <laughs> america <laughs> that, that definitely does sound like a, a logical jump for america they are taxing me for my existence. All I'm doing is living here, and we're the only creatures that pay money to be here. That's true, yeah. Um, Wait, we, oh, man, we, we were taught. 
or my they, <laughs> I we're not supposed to say that word anymore. So um, when I had my like when I would stutter and everything, I accidentally said I'm retarded. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, so I could say that now. Like they have it. They, they took spaz and derp away from me, but they can't take away my retarded. <laughs> <laughs> That's the federal government retarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's good stuff. I love it. Thank you. I'm, I don't know why. That's amazing. Um. <laughs> What uh, what made you try to or start doing the the reading your tweets thing? Because I think that's one of my favorite things. And when you sent me that one video and the first and the Twinkie thing, I just I lost my shit when I heard that one. I was I was done. I was in. I was invested after that. It's so goddamn funny. Send you the other one from last night so that you can enjoy that same energy again. I got super fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> and 15 minutes before I was to do an open mic, I got off work and everything. I go over, my man's got some flour and everything, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna rip it, man. So I I'm not used to that. I'm I'm a lightweight, I'm I'm nowhere near. And I just looked at him and I'm like, you know, babe, stupid idea. I'm gonna read my tweets. <laughs> and he's like, have you seen your tweets? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you think that's appropriate? I'm like, um, yeah, for an open mic. I mean, I want to be <laughs> as open as I can be. That's definitely about as open as you can get. <laughs> then you're not ready for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just getting worse to where the point where I'm just like, you know what? That's I don't give a fuck. There you go. That's the right attitude to have. If you don't have that attitude yet after you've been doing it for at least a month, if you keep on caring about what people think about you, you're gonna I feel like like that applies to just, you know, anything really in anything life. Anything you do. Any yeah. job you have, anything. If you live your life based on how everyone else feels, you are going to become empathy deprived and you're not gonna have anything left for yourself. Yeah, so we don't want to, you, you can't live like that. It's going to make life just such a hollow existence. I used to live for everybody. Like I, ever since I started doing comedy, before that I was always like, okay, what can I do to make people laugh? Uh, like now I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy. That's all that mattered. Because yeah. you can't control other people's emotions and how they react to things. Like if, if people are going to react to you, and you just have to keep going. Yeah, that's true. There's no point in worrying about the things that are out of your control. And other people and how they react is definitely one of the biggest things that's out of your control. So there, there, there should be no point to caring about what it is that they do or say. Well, haven't you gotten that reaction in the band that you are in? Like, don't you also get that? I've encountered it, uh, you know, a lot over... Um, doing just being in, in music over the years I was um, for three years I was a touring vocalist uh, with my band my old band and then leaving that band and then transitioning to a new band now most of um, like being afraid of, of what other people think kind of stopped me from from um, from experimenting you know vocally and lyrically the way 
that I wanted to. And when I was when I was in my old band, I wanted to branch out a lot as a vocalist and as a lyricist. And, you know, I do singing, but then I also do the really shout at the devil screamy vocals. Um, and I've then actually been practicing on that too. I'll, I'll send you one of my clips of my most recent screams. I've been trying to get more into the growls because I don't want to go into music, but um, I've been screaming with my mom. So I need to put it into some actual productivity. <laughs> I can tell you right now, it is therapeutic as hell. If you're having a bad day, you just haul ass down the road in your vehicle with some angry music and you scream at your steering wheel like you want to kill it, you feel so much better afterwards. No, I think my favorite one to like play whenever I get in an argument with anyone, I know it's probably toxic. I have an angry playlist, like it's just called anger. And mine that I always scream whenever I go to hell for heaven's sakes by breathing. Oh, yeah, I know it's, I know it's kind of like soft still. This when I was a teenager, guys. Like this brings me back to like my angsty years. <laughs> oh, I and get I, it. I, I have an angry playlist on on Spotify too. It's like 16 hours long because I keep adding to it, and my playlist is just called "fuck you." I love it. <laughs> if you haven't I gotta compile of like whenever I leave stage I always say fuck you guys for coming that's awesome so I need I love a video of me actually doing that because that's it's kind of become my catchphrase people will say that to me whenever they like come up to you for coming I'm like you're right <laughs> that's awesome you're getting people you have a catchphrase and people are knowing it like that's that's great. I think that, that's a well, sign that you're are starting to call themselves Kiwis. And oh, really? Yeah, like see my name and they're like, is it they they either say Kelly or Kaylee or something like that? And I'm like Lee, but if it's easier, you can say like the fruit with an L. And so people <laughs> started calling themselves Kiwis, but where are the Kiwis? And I'm like, oh, that's I awesome. Kids. I have little kids that are inappropriate like me <laughs> your parents are gonna be disappointed in you if you look up to me <laughs> <laughs> that's not I, your problem though i, I want to be like the the billy eilish and freaking beyonce of the comedy world where their parents are like look away that's inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> how dare you look at that <laughs> Oh, shoot for the stars. I think that's a fantastic goal. <laughs> I I want to, everyone's like, do you want to be the most loved comedian? I'm like, no, I want to be the most hated. <laughs> that, oh, that's, that's fantastic. I'm going to try my worst. <laughs> Have you seen, um, there's like, he's one of my favorite comedians. His name is Anthony Jeselnik. Is he like a local? No, he's he's a pretty big guy. He's got a few specials on uh, on Netflix. I recommend one called Thoughts and Prayers. And he's a dude, he's made his entire career out of just telling really, really horrible, screwed up jokes. Like trying really hard to go for that shock value and to be hated. Um, yeah. Like one, one of my favorite jokes that he tells is he says that he was walking around San Francisco one day and he saw a baby trapped in a hot car. And he tried to help the baby by throwing a rock through the window but the window was down and he ruined that baby's whole weekend. And it's just, it's one of my favorite things ever. He just, he's really like really dark and edgy and really messed up like that. And it's just, it's fantastic. It's, he's hilarious. 
Well, I accidentally, I, I guess I kind of made a little bit of an autism joke. My, my son is autistic. I had full reign on that shit. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm like, this is my life. Don't be awing me right now. It's shit. <laughs> but, you know, I would have like a bunch of white women or whatever, like myself, be stupid and make comments like, oh, if you use essential oils or if you give your kid vitamins, the autism will disappear. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. He was born this way. <laughs> <laughs> oh i hate that stupid crap i hate people putting so much stock into shit like that people are so disgusting to people with disabilities like that's like the i don't mind making jokes i will make till doomsday half of my i have disabilities half my family is a disability we're dysfunctional disabilities <laughs> i love that <laughs> i i feel like my 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 grandparents did it the best with their nut ability <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a disability this <laughs> oh shit I know they're always like I, I won the award and I'm over like yeah I won the nut ability award the fuck you mean <laughs> I just, oh man Everyone's like, oh yeah, I would love to be a nutter butter. And I'm like, me too, but nobody's gonna make you nut like you make yourself nut. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. You know, you know what you like. Where I'm supposed to be. I'm not changing the rhythm, okay? Why are they all <laughs> I tell everybody this. If you are not with a musician, you're never gonna nut. Yeah, we're we're good at rhythms. We can we can figure it out. Yeah, just do that quick pattern look. Do, do the bass. That's right. See, it's good. It works if you play the bass guitar because, you know, you play with your fingers. So you got that finger strength. You got biceps on your knuckles. Like, you just, you go to town. Oh, no, his knuckle don't go through. It's too small. <laughs> I got swole hands, baby. <laughs> the funniest thing, most of the time, the guitarist and players have these slender little hands. Like, oh, you're doing cardio. <laughs> <laughs> like strength training endurance training that's right it might not be the strongest but we can go for a bit i would love a good set done on me <laughs> <laughs> i just want like i want this is another fantasy i want him to like play some like different rhythm guitars and i have to like pinpoint what song he's playing oh yeah what riff is this <laughs> this really <laughs> is this <laughs> oh, that would be you could do so many things with uh with a game like that. I hate that I have so many really nice dick and pussy jokes, but I have no tit massive bitches up in here. <laughs> um, I can't make fun of like they back probably I, I feel like they're just, you know, kind of disappointing in the world of my life. <laughs> Like everybody else is enjoying this shit, and I'm like, I need a brace. <laughs> I've I've known people who've had that problem before. Bullshit! I gotta go get my freaking customized bra. That shit's wet. A customized bra? Yeah, you gotta like get the right size so that you don't hurt yourself, man. Mm, okay. Those girls that don't, you can you can cause yourself cancer and shit. 
you can cause circulation like flow loss. You want only part of I don't think so. <laughs> I'd be so scared. Like if I had like just a pocket, like it got like hooked under like the lip where the armpit is, like if just some of it poured out and it just doesn't no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> You're oozing everywhere. Am I? Am I oozing? <laughs> I have been known to squirt. <laughs> I have been banned from Sunsplash. <laughs> that, that's a true story, actually. Really? I'm banned from Sunsplash because fuck them kids. out of my kid and I just did a little nice finger tap on his his cheek and I said you ain't getting away with this shit <laughs> <laughs> and, and he looked at the lifeguard he's like you're in shit I'm like oh fuck me oh dude <laughs> <laughs> So, if you guys have seen stand-up comedy in the courtroom, well, that shit's scary. Stepping <laughs> officer, this fucking this kid decided to fuck around and find out. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's—I don't blame you though. If, if someone was bullying my kid, I would—I would throw hands too. My son was expressing his feelings, which you know, an honest, good white cis male is supposed to do <laughs> but this other stupid ass kid another white cis male decided he had too many footballs up his ass <laughs> no you're stupid i'll show you what stupid looks like bitch give me a sec <laughs> god uh, that kid was 200 dollars in my child's <laughs> How we cope. We're coping with our problems. 100%. I agree. I'll write a song about it next time. <laughs> I want to really learn how to like just kind of good enough but shitty enough to make it funny and be like, I slapped a kid. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Look, yeah. Look, that's going to be the next chart topper right there. You are lucky that you are not a late-term abortion today. Because <laughs> I can put you straight back in some fluids. <laughs> but the body's at the floor. <laughs> this, is, oh. this is not an educational podcast, guys. I hope you know this. Oh no, not in the least bit. But <laughs> here to fuck around and find out. <laughs> We've mostly just fucked around. I think I've asked like three questions this entire time. I, I do that to guys. Guys like start talking to me and they're like, "Huh, fuck, she's hot <laughs> <laughs> and funny." Fuck. Oh shit, it's a lethal combination. Funny, fat, shit. I'm like a Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Bust my biscuits. Mm. 
I need Grammy's gravy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's some more uh, nutability that I could have learned. <laughs> That would be my superpower. It was like, oh, I have invisibility. You know what I got, guys? Nutability. <laughs> what, what if, like, you <laughs> go? Uh, I'm totally uncensored today. Fuck it. What if, what if, like, you, you as a girl and the guys would become blind? Like, like, what if <laughs> you shoot corrosive acid into their face? This is why you never look directly at it, gentlemen. You gotta wear sacred goggles and a lab coat. It looks like a flower, or it looks like a beautiful cookie, and I'm like, that looks like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> it got some flaps in there. It's got like this doorbell looking thingy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. gonna start dating some more Jehovah Witnesses so they can actually once. <laughs> <laughs> Be the ones who would get it. Who can it be now? <laughs> I have had that. I want that as my like. If I ever was to get a smart doorbell, I want that to be like the ringtone that comes out. Like who can it be now? I want the jazz at everything. Oh, I'm sure there's got to be a way that you can do that with the way everything is these days. If not, someone could to make it, like, that. With camera, but you would have to like be there when someone answers and like make the one. But they need to make doorbells like my phone now. Right. Oh, that'd be great. I would. I would 100% have a doorbell like that, and I would probably just ring it myself every now and then just for the humor. Yeah. I, 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 nobody gonna come visit me like I visit me <laughs> work and I visit home <laughs> oh man I know what that's like <laughs> <laughs> I hate being at home it was like I love being at home and I'm like I fucking hate this place at least at work you get money at home exactly. you just get sadness I get money and I get to talk to people so it's like I'm in <laughs> <laughs> Here's my soap token, damn it. <laughs> I dropped soap token. <laughs> it's worse than dropping the soap. I don't know. I'm like, it's gone. I'm like, it's gone. <laughs> soap ticket. <laughs> they got to make it like the Willy Wonka. Here's your tickets. Oh, there you go. Circus. <laughs> They could make prison more entertaining for these people. If it was more entertaining, I out and commit another life of crime. Maybe not, right? Yeah. But I feel like if it was entertaining, so many reasons to be in jail. <laughs> Y'all getting ticket? What you got a ticket for? Ah, you got a ticket for being somebody's bitch? That's the best one. <laughs> You're safe, my brother. <laughs> I'm a terrible fucking person. I'm not a racist person, okay? You just have a very, you have a very raunchy sense of humor. I have a fucked up sense of humor, okay? It's fantastic. I love it. I like when, when people actually start warming up to me and they start laughing with me. I'm like, oh, there it is. Right. <laughs> it definitely helps if the people you talk to are like-minded. 
Exactly. I, I, everyone's like, oh yeah, you should do a podcast with them. I'm like, are they nasty? (laughs) 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 I I, I tend to do that. Some people are like, they're they're all nice and proper. And I'm like, I'm going to fuck up your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, you're going to get so many views on this. We're going to see the other episodes of the other people you bring on. They're like, where's Keely? <laughs> You're setting a high bar for uh, for content here that everyone else has to follow up. They better. <laughs> I <ought to. laughs> Oh man, um, let me see if I can fit any more questions in here before we wrap up. Because I just remembered I have a kid, so I should probably go do that. Okay. <laughs> Um, how do you decide where to start with uh, with your jokes? Are you just is your mind always racing and you think of a punchline and you build back, or do you think of a premise and build to a punchline? So I've seen the the common comedic failure of people always saying, "How's everybody doing tonight?" And I'm like, "Do not do that at an open mic." So I'm still disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like I. I find that like I don't really have a punchline but I have like like yesterday I opened with I really fucking hate white women <laughs> and then I went into like them trying to like oh if you get a cup of coffee and have a walk with the girls a nice little stroll the depression will go away but now I have anxiety because I had coffee that's <laughs> oh man yeah one problem that just leads to another the fucking <laughs> <laughs> Like how I'm a bisexual Libra, so decisions and choices, no. <laughs> Not your forte. I'm honestly like, no, I don't even think I'm just bisexual anymore. I, I've been looking at some of my very voluptuous trans women. Mm. <laughs> Fucking shout out to that shit. You chose misery, and that's some tough baller shit. <laughs> You chose people to hate you. Now that is power. <laughs> it's a very empowering statement, yeah. It can be motivational at times. <laughs> Other times I just shit post. <laughs> I had someone say that. They're like, you know, you're an inspiration. Like, not like they didn't just end it there. They're like, you're an inspiration. Sometimes. Sometimes you're not a bitch. <laughs> I love when when people use the word always. Like you were always a jackass, and I'm like, you get it right. <laughs> Think I'm gonna change up right now. <laughs> uh, what is your uh, what's your support system like overall? I know you mentioned your partner and your mom and everything, but like. Is overall the circle of people in your life really supportive of your choice to do comedy and the choice to do comedy the way that you do? I think I'm pretty much like the black sheep with like, if I, if I was to have like my family or anything, like none of them look into it or anything. It's, it's more or less to like wrap me out for my mom and be like, oh, look at what's your daughter saying and all that other crap. So it always like was a, a cop out. So never really like, express to them any of my comedy um Mm -hmm. i feel like i've always been that way even younger when i would make statements at like family parties or something they would always be like ew (laughs) 
it's hard coming from like a Mormon background because oh, you God, know, yeah. don't even get me started. <laughs> that'll be another episode. Oh yeah, that'll definitely be something to talk about down the road. The purity culture. Mm. Yeah, you're be like the black sheep in an entire culture at that point. Yeah. No. Uh. You, after becoming a teen single mom, um, you're you're pretty much eradicated from from most of them anyways yeah so i don't really bother anymore i kind of just stick i i kind of do my own thing and i don't really have like a huge circle of people Mm -hmm. but the circle that you do have is is very supportive yeah yeah the circle doesn't have to be big like not at all it's just as long as you have a circle exactly i think there's i've had new people come into my circle that I have learned to become more appreciative of. Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning I was like, well, if they don't know me now, they're never gonna know me. And now I have people like, obviously they have to start seeing you put in work for them to actually want to come see you. Yeah. Like my first show, I had my old group of friends come and I completely bombed that show. That was a whole fiasco. I was sweating. I didn't even make it to three minutes, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to like make a joke like about my, my villain story of wanting to be a comedian and everything where my mom taught me to laugh at any problem, any anything that went wrong. And I was at a petting zoo in second grade and I fell into the water trough because the llama tried to eat my shirt and back me up. So my mom just taught me how to laugh at it instead of like having a meltdown. Like you see so many of these girls like fall and they just have breakdowns. I'm that person that um, I flipped over my ex with my bike and I'm like gushing blood walking to my house and everything. And I'm making jokes. I'm looking at him like, you okay, man? And I'm over here just, yeah. So I... I, (laughs) I'm, I'm not one to mess with, okay, guys? So you can be my bitch. <laughs> I feel like that would be what would happen. They'd be like, this little five foot four is getting all these people to follow her. <laughs> like a <chihuahua> prison. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so much on the prison right now. I feel like you're kind of giving yourself a fetish here. Here. <laughs> I'm in- that's something I can look into. <laughs> just go like take orange is the new black and go beyond it. I mean, I just want to be in that show. I, mean, <laughs> I hated seeing that all the time. They'd be like making out. I'm like, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would ask. I kept asking all my friends. I was like, you know, do you do you think this happens? And they're like, no, I don't think that happens. I'm like, well, that gives me less reason to commit a crime. <laughs> Okay, I won't turn to life criminal. <laughs> There's no making out. It's not worth it. You guys get to share a bunch. <laughs> you my stepsister than that. <laughs> Tell me, stepsister, I'm stuck in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find an abandoned prison now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's what chicks are into. They are into abandoned shit. Oh, uh, you can have some fun with that. Yes. <laughs> abandoned playground. Let's play around. <laughs> I can come up with titles for this. I got this. Oh, man. <laughs> Giving the people what they need. <laughs> Which isn't a lot, but it's honest work. There you go. <laughs> I'm so oh. mad I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd be a lot happier if I was just plowing some fields right now. You'd be happy if you were just plowing in general? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plowing fields. <laughs> I can't tell. Mm. Man, I really need to get a profession. <laughs> you got anything else? Or am I just... Do I just get to continue being retorted? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, if if you weren't, um, you know, pursuing this path of uh, of stand-up comedy, what do you think would you be doing? Or did you ever have uh, a fallback? We, we've already been through this. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be a criminal right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if... I gotta break the tension so I don't kill nobody. <laughs> but there's a lot of people on that list. I'll tell you them. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Um. Do you have any advice for any other up-and-coming comedians, be it you know other dudes or, or or ladies who are coming up or who who are contemplating, you know, going following this path as well? I'd say just do it. You're gonna bomb your first time whether you like it or not. Just do it at the end of the day you're gonna be pretty mad that you fell in love with it <laughs> you're mad that you fell in love with it it is uh, comedy is the worst mistress ever because sometimes she gives you the ride of your life you feel so good and then other nights she's like you get fucked in the ass <laughs> raw she's like no that's not it you ain't hitting it tonight i am <laughs> That's yeah. I feel like that's entertainment just in general. I've had good one-nighters and bad one-nighters with the with the music industry throughout my career for sure. Oh yeah, You're, the greatest thing that I love about the industry is that we're starting not to hide the mistakes. It's we're becoming... starting to show people that celebrities are just people; they're not just celebrities. Yeah, and I think people a lot of times we'll put them on a pedestal and I'm like, they make mistakes just like us every single day, if not more. It's harder to hide. Yeah, I, I think that, that it's, I think it's a good thing to to add a little bit of, uh, I guess, human to these people that we, you know, that, that the masses otherwise revere as some higher, higher deity or something for, you know, for what they do, showing them that these people are human and, you know, that they're, they are just as capable of making mistakes as we are uh, it kind of you know brings them brings them down to our level a little bit and it makes a lot of people a lot more a lot more relatable so the more that we embrace the fact that everybody makes mistakes i feel like the more it's going to it's going to be okay you know people aren't going to be as afraid to screw up anymore if they know that you know their favorite celebrity has done the same thing or something exactly i feel like they're starting to do that a lot with a lot of the newest celebrity movies like rocket man elvis 
they're really showing how it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not all glitz and glamour and it's not all praise all the time. You will be the loneliest at the top. Yeah. Because that's just how a pyramid goes. There's only so many people that can be at the top with you. That's true, yeah. But it's 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 a nice it's a nice paradigm shift. And it's hard when you want to look into it and I think so many people are fearful of what the reaction's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at the end of the day, just stop doing everything for everybody else and do it for you. Yeah, no, I, I agree. All right. Well, we'll start to wrap it up here. It's been going for a bit and I need to make sure that my kid hasn't set anything on fire. I um, feel fire time. <laughs> do you uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything that you want to plug or just any last nuggets of wisdom or insanity you'd like to leave the listeners with before we go? Fuck it up. Let's go. <laughs> That's solid advice. I appreciate it. But thank you, Keely, for coming on. I'm glad yeah, we got to make this happen. Um, it was so much fun. I laughed so hard. You are even funnier than I thought you were. Oh, thank you. So I hope that you keep you keep on going with everything. I think that you, you, you definitely have the potential to just really absolutely dominate and just raw dog the hell out of the comedy scene. You too. And <laughs> so thank you for Raw dog on. life. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out. Um, you know, if you want to send me like a picture or anything that I can post on the socials to show that you were on today and, you know, I'll get the editing of all this done and whatnot. Yeah, of um, course, I'll send you my links and I'll, I'll get you a picture out. Yeah, it, it'll probably be up next week because I just I just posted the one I did yesterday today. So it'll probably yeah. be up next week. But yeah, when it's up, I will let you know. Sweet. All so, right. Next time. All right. Thank you. Take care, Keely. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another brand new episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the incredibly funny Miss Keely Wolf. I loved sitting down and talking with her. She was so goddamn funny. We laughed so hard. And I truly hope that she moves forward with any of those ridiculous merch ideas that we discussed. Always remember the down under businesswoman because that shit is funny. Oh, man, that's just it's too much. It was it was a great time talking to her and I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Make sure to go follow her on all the socials. I think her her username for pretty much everything aside from Facebook is uh, at killer underscore Keely. That's K-E-E-L-E-Y. I think that's how you spell her name, right? I'm pretty sure that is. (laughs) But I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Because again, like I said, I had a lot of fun sitting and talking with her. I got like a headache afterwards from just laughing so hard at just all of the insanity that we talked about. I don't even think we asked like a whole lot of questions. It wasn't so much like much of a deep dive, I think, as I wanted it to be as much just two people just talking, shooting the shit, which is just as good. So I do not regret that uh, at all. So stay tuned for next week where I'm finally going to have my friend and the former drummer of Fireglass on, Mr. Gabe, Mr. Uh, Havoc, G. Havoc, whatever he wants to call himself, uh, whatever he'd prefer, uh, he's going to be on. We're going to sit and we're going to talk with him. We're going to find out how he came up, how he got into music, because I know how he did, and I really enjoy talking with him. 
Um, I liked his story, you know, from when I met him and over the years being in the band. You know, we'll we'll get his take on some of the uh, the good and the bad shows that Fireglass played, and get his opinion on just how everything was with Fireglass. See what it was like when he joined and how it changed leading up to when I joined and everything that we did. So it should be a good time. I am looking forward. I haven't seen Gabe in a minute either, so it'll be a good time. So yeah, stay tuned for next week. And until then, keep it right here on Writer's Block.